What does it mean to be a vulnerable Christian man? Walking through life weak and powerless is not what Jesus had in mind for us. It's time to fight. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We are OB, Sean, Brandon, and Shane, and this is Hello and welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. Truth. We are glad to have you this morning, this afternoon, this evening, this brunch time, this night, this time you're on the road, whatever. Uh, Sean, you're looking a little uncomfortable over there. Do you have have something you want to talk about this morning? I do, actually. Uh, Have you ever had to have your driver's license renewed? Oh. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time. Well, so for like the last, I think it's every five years, if I'm not mistaken, uh, after a certain age, you do it every five years. Well, like the last 10 or 15 years, I've done it online. Mm. You know, online, you get on there, and then they just mail you. Well, at the age of 46, okay, you uh, need a picture, they're like, right? you have to come in now because we think you probably look a lot older and this and that. Yeah. And so I wasn't really familiar with the process. It's been... 15, 20 years since I've had to go into the DMV and get my driver's license. So you basically have had your 21-year-old picture, or 25, on your driver's license. For a while, son. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And um, so, anyway, went in, standing in line. You know, this is, it's brutal, right? Yes. You're standing in line, and now, uh, after COVID, you have to make an appointment. You don't just walk up there. So, first time I went, oh, do you have an appointment? No. Okay, we'll come back. Uh, so I left, and <clears throat> then, like, I don't know, two or three weeks later, went in. They enjoy turning you away. I guarantee you, the people in those positions, yeah, and if you're listening and if you work at the DMV, uh, I feel for you. Well, I but, think that's an opportunity to be a, be Christ-like. Oh, there is, because, there is uh, no doubt. Yeah, most <laughs> of the time, you don't feel that way. Yeah, that's a fact, Jack. And so... Go there for the second time, uh, standing in line, and uh, everything's going smooth, right? Like, I mean, uh, uh, I'm there for maybe 30, 40 minutes, standing in line, get, everything's checking out, and, you know, I'm getting it done. And uh, Wait, 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 back up. With an appointment, you're there 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, anyway. Fine government at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds trust like Brandon. me. Brandon. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. So, anyway, uh, getting everything done, and it's going smooth, and I'm being super patient. You know, uh, I'm one of the more impatient people that you know. I'm like a just get it done, make it happen Mm -hmm. guy. And uh, so she says, "Um, sir, I need you to step back, and I need you to read line five. And I said, okay. Um, She said, can you read line five? I said, oh, sure, yeah. (laughs) Line five is like these small little letters, and I'm back, and I'm like, any, anyway, uh, I read it. She was like, okay, read it again, and uh, I read it again. She said, sir, you got two letters wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I said, do what? She said, you got, to, and she said, try one more time. She said, you got the same two letters wrong again, sir. Oh, wow. Said, okay, so what does that mean? She said, well, you got to go see the doctor. Yeah, I need you to fill out this piece of paper. You got to go to the optometrist. I said, so I can't get my license today. She said, no, sir, I'm sorry. Wow. And I had to turn around and oh, man. shamed. And, and by the way, there's about 20 people in this room, and they're all watching me read, read the letters. <laughs> they're probably thinking, no, man, no, no, it's a B. It's not a P. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my gosh. So I'm just sick. And then... I go, uh, so I, I go to the doctor, 
I, I get my little eye exam, do everything. They're like, okay, well, you need this prescription. Well, I had, I had glasses. Okay. Well, one of the things she said is, do you wear glasses? And I said, well, not to drive. Mm-hmm. And anyway, my glasses that I used that I use every once in a while, she, uh, th- those were the prescription that I needed to read the line. Okay. Oh, man. But it didn't matter. I didn't have them in the truck. And uh, there was no coming back. At the, it's like the point of no return. You have to have this paper filled out now. So, <laughs> anyway, so I had Dude. to go pay 80 bucks. I went back up there. Well, when I went back up there, she was like, sir, read line four. L- line four I could have easily read. Yeah. I said, well, I got my glasses now. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to read, read line, line five. five. <laughs> <laughs> she said, oh, well, after you get your glasses, you only have to lay, read line four. And I was like, well, that's bull crap. How does that make any sense? <laughs> makes no sense. Zero sense, bro. And uh, anyway, um, yep. It's like very, after, you, after you fail the test seven times, you get a cheat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> very uncomfortable. I was just like, and, and oh, the fact man. that everybody in the room was staring at me. Yeah. Yeah, so. No pressure, man. Good luck to everybody. The comfortable truth of <laughs> what happens to your eyes when you're 46. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And now you know uh, to memorize line five before you yeah. go in there. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have known, though? That's you wouldn't exactly. have known that. No, dude, I didn't know that. Welcome. That is uncomfortable. You are, uh, you're six years ahead of me. You're eight years ahead of Obi. Or seven. Seven. <laughs> seven. So there's a lot of. There's a lot of life that's happened there that we can take some experience from. Oh, thank yeah. goodness, and yeah. one of the, one of the coolest things. Eat is more carrots. That's right. <laughs> My wife feeds me like broccoli all the time. She says, "Do it for your prostate." That's funny. And I, I do not. I don't love broccoli, but I eat it because because she says to eat it. Yeah, it's good for you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, welcome. Uh, I'll open this up in prayer, and uh, Obi's gonna get started. Heavenly Father, we just love you. We thank you for this day. We we thank you for the opportunity to be here to spread your word and your gospel and to be your light, Lord. I pray that what we do honors you and all that we do. In your name we pray, amen. 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 Let's get started. Uh, probably short podcast today, but we're going um, to have some, some shorter ones just to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of some stuff. Um, but I'll tell you one thing that has really been on my heart lately um, and and you know, only God knows why I've been convicted and and thinking about idolatry lately. I know that, I know that, um, we've been studying the the 10 commandments, um, at church and our pastors walking us through the 10 commandments last week, I believe was, uh, commandment number three, uh, honoring Uh, honoring the Sabbath. Was it honoring the Sabbath last week? Is that that four? four? It may be four. I think it's four. Well, the first the first two commandments are, uh, you know, thou shalt have no other gods than me, and and I believe uh, the second one speaks of idols. Okay. Um, and and anyway, there's there's a lot of discussion about idolatry <clears throat> in the Bible. Uh, in fact. Uh, I'm reading a book right now called Counterfeit Gods by Tim Keller. I don't know if anybody's ever read any Tim Keller books, but I've read a few. And this guy is a pastor in New York City, in Manhattan, New York City. And um, his church has grown, like in in one of the 
I would think I mean, you, New York has always been known as a melting pot. You know, there's, I think you can go, a, you know, within a square mile and you've got. Standing at the bus station, you hear five different languages. Yeah, or, or more. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Timothy Keller is growing Christianity at su- such a rapid pace in such a culturally diverse area is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's world-renowned for the pace of his church growth in such an area that, that you wouldn't think. It, it's, it's a cer- liberal area. It's certainly not the Bible Belt. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's far, far from it. <laughs> In fact, and anyway, he's written some books, and and this is one of them. And again, it's called Counterfeit Gods. Um, you know, he talks about in this book um, how there are a couple of uh, you know rabbis that have said um, that in their study of Scripture and of the Bible that idolatry is the central theme of the entire Bible. Okay. Okay. So, so basically everything, everything hits the central theme of the, of the entire Bible is, is God's message sending us and making sure that we are steering clear of anything idolatry. And the opening paragraph of this book, it says the worst thing that can happen. And, this is what like really intrigued me and made me want to read this book. This this was sitting on Amy's nightstand. I just grabbed it one night and um, still in her coffee and her book. Uh, yeah, her coffee and her book exactly. <laughs> Thief. It, the the first the very <clears throat> first paragraph says the worst thing that can happen to us. It says most people spend their lives trying to make their hearts fondest dreams come true. Isn't that what life's all about? the pursuit of happiness. We watch, we search endlessly for ways to acquire the things we desire and we're willing to sacrifice much to achieve them. We never imagine that getting our heart's deepest desires might be the worst thing that could ever happen to us. And I was like, that's good. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So getting our heart's desires, the things that we think that we uh, that we work for that w- that we're trying to achieve could be it might be the worst thing that's ever happened to us and so like okay why you know i'm biting you know like i'm uh, yeah i'll bite you know let's 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 hear what you got to say you know so so why is getting your heart's deepest desire so often a disaster why is it so often maybe the worst thing that could ever happen to you so shane i asked you to look at romans 124 yep what does Romans one twenty four say? Romans one twenty four says, "Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves." So, Saint Paul wrote that one of the worst things God can do to someone is to give them over to the desires of their hearts. That's 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 basically what that verse is saying in a nutshell, and and it's like why would the greatest punishment imaginable be to allow someone to achieve achieve their dreams and 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 the reason that it could potentially be the greatest punishment imaginable is because 
our hearts fashion these desires into idols. Okay, like that's yeah, that's what we do. It seems like this verse here is is uh, implying that we're evil in nature. Yeah, in nature. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and which is true, we, and we know that to be true. Yeah, we know that to be true. Um, we know that our sin nature is evil, and we know that we all sin, and we all fall short. And and um, and the thing is, is we we don't realize it's such a because this is something that we feel like is our heart's desire, it's really easy for us to grow to love it or grow to think it's okay or grow to think that God put that desire in our hearts. Um, and we can come up with a million different reasons to um, basically satisfy that desire to, and, and to make it okay. And, you know, I've, I've got... Th- th- all of that was in the first two and a half pages of this book. Uh-huh. Two and a half pages. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on. I'm on page Welcome. 25. I started okay. reading it not before, not before last. I'm on page 25. You normally, you're normally flying through a book faster than that, aren't you? Yeah, like I you're am. Tw- you're 12 pages uh, a night. That's not that. The last two nights I've been. Are you rereading and? I'm I'm rereading, but I'm also. I've been sleep deprived. Okay. And okay. so I'm getting about 12 pages in and I can't keep my eyes open okay. anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is generally what I do most nights, but most nights I'm not so darn tired. Um, but anyway, this is, it's, it's super interesting. The further you get into this book, the more it draws you in and the more it makes you realize how quick we are to make something that we desire, that we've worked so long and so hard to achieve, mm-hmm. a it, we don't realize that we're making it an idol in our life, and and I truly believe that that's why God has has been convicting me on this front. Everywhere I've turned here lately, I'm hearing about idols, and and we think about idols, and you think about the Old Testament idols of Baal and. And you think about a statue of Buddha or whatever, whatever you think about when you think about idols, you don't think about work. You don't think about work being an idol. Yeah. Uh, you don't think about l- your spouse being an idol. We don't think about our kids being idols. That's those. That's not what we generally go to when we hear that word. And this this book says. The, the subtitle of this book says the empty promises of money, sex, and power, and the only hope that matters. So money becomes an idol. Sex becomes an idol. Our families become idols. Power, leadership positions, promotion. We're working so hard to achieve that promotion. All we can think about is that. That's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the only – we're working so hard – to create that financial freedom, to create all of these different investment opportunities that we put them in the place of God. And we're never going to be happy. We're never going to truly be fulfilled with the peace and joy of (coughs) Jesus whenever we're putting those things ahead of God. And uh, I just think it's really important to understand what... God is trying to tell us in the second commandment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that we lose sight of it. That's good. You know. 
really good stuff. Yeah. There's there's no doubt about it. A lot to think it. about there. Yeah. Lots to chew on. I think that um, people, I think guys that are type A, you know, personality, like, like uh, all three of us, very outgoing, very get it done, you know, type of personality. I think they definitely struggle with that more than your average bear. Our natural instinct is just to do it ourselves. Sure. Without consulting I mean, <clears throat> anybody, God included. You know, I, on a daily basis when I wake up, I feel like I have a lot of people depending on me. I feel you like, do. I feel like that I have, uh, you know, um, inside of insurance, I feel like that uh, there's – I have people who are above me that are like, "Hey, what's what's Sean doing?" You know, he's 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 done well. Is he going to continue to do well? You know, we're watching him. You know, uh, you know, one of the uh, biggest problems whenever you go into any kind of industry and you have su- some success early on is you almost have a target on your back. People are always watching you, and they're expecting you to perform and to continue to do well. Uh, and then they'll put you into positions like mentor. Hey, he's a mentor in the company. So then when you're a mentor in the company, then everybody naturally expects you to do well. And then you, if you do something else, you know, on the side, like you have a business you're running over here, and then you have employees, you know, and they're doing this, and they, you, they have all these expectations of you. Are you going to give me a raise? Are you going to continue to and, – and then you have – Business and also, their, their livelihood could depend on oh. what you do day in and day out yes. as well. Yeah. A lot of pressure. So, y- you wake up every morning with this uh, expectation of how you should be. And it's not, uh, you know, you like to think that you've created this deal where you want people around you to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their expectation of you is to be a, a, a God-fearing man, you know, and to, to put out content like... Uh, on on this platform, or uh, if you put out a devotional, you know, which I have failed, you know, here lately, I haven't been putting out my devotionals mm-hmm. like I normally do. And, uh, you know, there's, you have this expectation, and before you know it, it's so overwhelming. <laughs> and more often than not, uh, you know, the God head you know of where you know you should be you should have God at the head of everything you do that kind of goes away because you get so overwhelmed by these other 98 things you know that that you have going on in your life yeah and uh and it makes you wonder am I am I just trying to uh please man or am I trying to please God here you know Mm -hmm. what where where do these ex- – I feel like I have all these families depending on me to, to make sure that they continue to have a job. You know, is that is that a uh, is that idolatry? Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. Is it? I what think, do y'all think? I, I think that it's – I think it's uh, personal. Your, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's in, your, uh, in your heart. It's in your mind. Um, I think that there's so many Christians that, you know, they ride this fence – just this this imaginary fence of the world and God, and and like we've got one foot on this side where we're um, satisfying the the desires of our heart within the world, and then we have our other foot on this side where we're uh, trying to satisfy God and obey God mm-hmm. and live more like God and become more in His image, and I think the at the end of the day. <laughs> God 
doesn't want one foot in the world. I think at the end of the day, he wants both feet on his side of the fence. And and whatever that looks like for you, it may be it may be different than what it looks like for me or for Shane or Brandon or for Amy or whoever. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know that whenever I've got one foot on this side of you know, on the world side, on the culture side, <clears throat> where I'm I'm seeking happiness in something on that side of the fence, I get convicted about it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I've been super convicted about something recently. Um, there's this, this idea, like if you go to a dietitian and you're trying to change your diet, you're trying to get healthy, that some of them will tell you to write down what you eat all day for like seven days. Like everything right. that you, you put in your body, eat and drink, write it mm-hmm. down. And the reason is so that you can be aware of what is going, what you're doing to yourself mm-hmm. so that you can make uh, changes, hopefully a lasting change. Yeah, I think the same thing's true about what you think about. What our idol is is what we think about the most. Um, and if we were to write that down for seven days. Do a time study on yourself. I think, I know I would be more convicted than I already am by, <laughs> by a long shot. Yeah. Because it's, for me, it's business. I cannot stop thinking about business and the properties that we have going on and the flips and what we're going to do here and what we're going to do there and then how we're going to build this and what's how next? many Airbnbs we're going to do. And then when we finish those, what's next? And then, and then like in the midst of that, where's God? That's the problem is I'm not doing that on the mo- for the most part. Do you, do you believe that in the midst of that, that there's, there's testimony and there's opportunities to witness to I others? I absolutely do believe and that. that. So that, that, that's, and that's the way. And that's me, like, you know, uh, like if yet, I'm doing it or not is where, sure. where my line is. Yesterday morning, or <clears throat> actually, I guess it was a couple of days ago. What is today, Wednesday? I guess it was... Um, Monday morning, um, I spoke to one. Uh, there's a kid that works for me. His name is Layton, mm-hmm. and he's young, and he needs a mentor. Man, he's had a he's had a rough life, and okay. uh, you know I spent quite a bit of time talking to him about, hey, look, you know, the ways of the world and um, women and drugs and this and that, and mm-hmm. you know I'm talking to him. He just had a he just had a uh, him and his him and his girlfriend just had a child, yeah. and. Uh, so uh, he is, uh, man. He's he's so green, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's crazy because he's he's trying to figure it out, and he and he's you know and he's just starting his life, and uh, and he's got a young kid, and and he's not married, and uh, and he's had issues with uh, you know he's had some run-ins with the law, and and I'm trying to like speak truth into this guy's life, and and I took about. I don't know, 25, 30 minutes with him on the phone mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to witness to him and to talk to him about Jesus Christ is the only way, you know, yeah. in these ways that you're, that you, some of these path paths that you've chosen, I've chosen those same paths and, and it doesn't work, man. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, it's not, it's not happening. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, and I just tried to just witness to the guy, yeah. you know, and just love him. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, I think there's a lot of opportunities inside of what what we do where we can make sure that we are uh, placing God at the head of those situations, even mm-hmm. though the biggest reason why I was talking to him to begin with started with uh, we were talking about what needed to get done um, at Antler Works, you yeah. know, and what needed to happen 
uh, in that moment. It's an know? opportunity that yeah. was an open door. Sure. Because of the business. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm with you, man. I mean, I'm constantly thinking about, okay, uh, what is this? What is that? You know, what do I need to, from a business standpoint? We've got to get this done today. Yeah. Um, and where where does it become... Where does it become idolatry, you know? And and then I think back to biblical days and, and you know, Jesus, and whenever he was gathering his 12 disciples, you know, he's like, oh, take up your cross and follow me. Mm. Well, those guys basically left with nothing. Like, there was no business and there was no, that they, they followed him, right? It just, they were all in. And it's like, okay, wherever you go, uh, God, we're, we're going to follow you. We're going to, uh, we are 100% in. And uh, you hear about these Christians that sell everything they own and go to the top of the mountain, and and they're just like, you know, uh, God feeds the birds, he's going to feed. You know, it's like where, you can take it to another extreme always. But where, feel, but, but where, but yeah. where does it, where's the, where's the fine line? I mean, entrepreneurs, yeah. ha, I think, struggle the most. Yeah, I, I think um, I don't think that the fine line is where I think the I don't think that it's where you want it to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, right. I don't think it's where any of us want it to be. Sure. That's right. I, sure. I, 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 I mean, think it's that total the, surrender. You, the, it, it, that's it. Uh, the, I mean, the 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 very first thing that this that this book talks about and the example that it gives is Abraham, and and it talks about how. Abraham, like God promised that Abraham, Abraham would, would build the nation. He would, he would be the father of the nation. Right. And, and Abraham's like, how am I going to be the father of the nation? I don't even have a son. Okay. Mm. I don't, I don't even, I don't even have a son. I'm not, I'm a hundred years old and I still don't have a son. You've been promising me a son for all this time. Well, finally, when, you know, Sarah's 90 something years old, she has a son. Isaac's born. Well, you can only imagine. I mean, imagine Abraham and Sarah and how they looked at that child. Isaac became an idol in Abraham and Sarah's life, and God knew it. Mm-hmm. God knew it. And so what did God have Abraham do? He had him. He told him he was going to take. <laughs> I need, you, I need you to take Isaac. <laughs> yeah. who, Top of the mountain. Who, who is like the thing on this earth that I that I gave you mm-hmm. that you have turned Idolized. into this idolization and I need you to take him to the top of the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him to me. And Abraham did it. And he goes up there and there's no doubt in Abraham's mind that Abraham is about to give his son back to God. Mm-hmm. He knows it. And the only reason that God stopped that is because he knew Abraham's heart. Yeah. He knew that Abraham was willing to surrender his son, who he idolized, who he had waited 109 years for, back to him. And so that's that's the surrender that God is mm-hmm. seeking in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm not sitting here saying, yeah, go sell everything you own. But if that's what God's telling you to do, then go sell everything you own. Sure. Um, and, and again, it's <clears throat> it's on a heart to heart basis. Yeah. God knows our heart. Mm-hmm. He knows it. He knows our heart. And so, 
I think I think resting easy in that is something sure. to rest easy in. One thing that I always try to try to do is I try to give. I try to get you know like I can't tell you how many times I've been like God. It's all yours. Yeah. Okay. This house is yours. Yeah. Okay. This this car is yours. If I can't use it and 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 uh, use it and be a good steward over it, uh, I don't. Then I don't want it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 just a material thing that means nothing. And uh, another thing is, I, you know, like whenever I, whenever I pray for my company, I'm like, God, it's all yours, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so, I feel like giving those things to the Lord is is the startup, right? Yes, um, I, I think it is. And I, and again, God knows your heart. Sure. And 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 I and I think you rest easy in that. If, sure. If if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've truly surrendered those things to the Lord and you truly have and your and your heart's desires are not of the world they are to please God with the things that he's given you mm-hmm. then you don't have any expl- explaining to do to anyone sure um, and and so I just think that it's it that it's so easy to get caught up in these counterfeit gods and that's what I wanted to bring to light mm-hmm. today sure. is that we can we can get caught up in these counterfeit gods so easily because the entire world and culture that we live in all they do is now more than this. ever now yeah, more than ever it. yeah and so yeah. Anyway, that's all I had, Shane. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. Help us reach more people for Jesus. Hit those buttons at the bottom. Remember to go kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.